If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is Internet Marketing. Hello and welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast brought to you by Site Visibility. I'm your host, Scott Colnut, and with me today is Jeroen Korthaus, founder of Salesflare. And we're going to be talking about remote selling today, successfully remote selling. And it's a really timely conversation because the role of salespeople has changed dramatically over this last year. And we're having to adapt without being in person and learning how to sell online in a different way. And to introduce you, Rune, and one reason I'm so excited to have him on is only yesterday, we're, we're talking in mid-January at this point, Yaroon has published a great post on remote selling on the Salesflare site, which I'll link to in our show notes. But the podcast really comes off the back of that. I thought we could expand on some of the topics. Um, and it's a great post and goes into detail about remote selling. So I think you should all check that out too. So welcome to the podcast, Yaroon. Thank you. No problem. So um, do you want to take a moment to introduce yourself and Salesflare to our listeners? Yeah, so I'm uh, Jeroen Kortout. I'm co-founder and CEO of Salesflare. And Salesflare is a B2B sales CRM. So there's many CRMs in the world. I'll quickly place it for you. There's actually, according to G2.com, I think there's more than 640. We specifically focus on small and medium-sized businesses. That's because if you go to enterprises, you'll often end up with something that is more like a building blocks kind of software, which is built for... The enterprise, not really for the end users. Uh, probably the first thing that springs to mind is uh, Salesforce. You know, this, this really big thing that you buy and get consultants to uh, customize. Uh, we focus on small and medium-sized businesses who are rather looking for uh, really practical tools uh, to make their work better. We focus there on sales, uh, really the essence of, of the CRM. Uh, so it's it's a sales CRM for small and medium-sized businesses, and then specifically also those who sell B2B. Uh, we like to keep our software simple, so we decided to focus exclusively on B2B, so it, it makes everything more um, straightforward. And that's one of the things we focus on, being more straightforward. Um, if you start a trial on a software, you can see that it's not as bulky and non-understandable as others but mainly and the reason why we started Salesflare was because we saw that most crms fail not because they're nice not nice software but because they have unreasonably high expectations about the amount of data input uh you're going to do and (laughs) nobody can keep up with that 
So we figured at some point uh, that we build a solution for that. And we figured that actually most of the data you input into a CRM is actually already in another system. So seven years ago, we thought we can change that. We built something that connects your emails, connects your calendar, connects your phone, social media, company databases, email tracking, web tracking, all that. And it's actually the only CRM uh, out there um, that is built um, from the ground up for automated data input. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also allow some manual data input, but that's, that's just because, uh, people like to keep control and sometimes correct something or so. There are three things that stand out to me knowing a little bit about Salesflare, and I'm sure I'll understand more as we're talking today, but one mm-hmm. was the automated data input. So that really stands out to me because, and I'm sure we'll talk about this some more is that one of the big obstacles to maintaining a CRM is the manual data input. And as you said, that's probably a big obstacle for salespeople as well. The second thing that stood out to me was the user interface and the user experience of your platform. I remember reading somewhere on your website about it's for the modern day salesman. It's the, you want that clean, slick interface that allows you to drag and drop and see your pipeline really clearly. And the third thing that stands out to me is the number of integrations you have with other platforms, which is super helpful if you're into software like if that then this zapier integramat you want to be able to automate your sales pipeline and your communication in that pipeline and this allows you to do that are those three standout points that i've just summarized there fair in respect of your platform are those things that stand out to you as well yeah well, most people appreciate uh, in 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 the the shortest way of explaining how easy to use and automated things are that's we, we basically figured that a CRM only works when salespeople use it, when all the data gets in there and that this is the main bottleneck for every CRM implementation out there. So that's what we focus on most. And we make sure that uh, salespeople actually use it first by making it very easy. So if they don't understand it, they're not going to use it. But that's that's something that many CRMs try to solve. Uh, but secondly, uh, by focusing very hard on automating that data input, because if there's too much friction, their salespeople are also not going to use it. And then third, it's really also offering value back if they do. So we we make a system that um, makes sure that you know at any point uh, that you need to follow up with someone. Um, for instance, we, we give you... So because we keep track of all the interactions automatically, right? Like all the emails and and meetings and calls and all these kind of things. We can see uh, when it was that, that you were last in touch with someone and we can remind you when you were sort of slacking off so that you'll never uh, forget to follow up a customer because that's that's where most salespeople fail. It's, uh, you know, if you don't have a system, like you're following up tens or hundreds of customers, um, it's very easy to forget customers all the time. You start disappointing them, uh, you lose some momentum, and you basically lose out on the deal. And we try to fix that. We try to make sure that you can have perfect personal relationships with a lot of people at once and uh, don't lose out on any sale. So you're immersed in this space 
you're in this space every day, you're building a CRM, you're growing a CRM in this space. And I imagine that you've seen a lot of changes in in sales and from salespeople and related to sales processes over this last year. And we're going to break some of those things down that are in your article that you've published on your site. So we'll go into some of this in more detail. Are you able to summarize for our listeners the types of problems and new challenges that you see salespeople facing and over this last year and moving into the rest of 2021? Yeah, I I think some of the things that are happening is, well, first, uh, everything moved online uh, last year. Not everybody's used to that. Uh, So there has been some adaptation there. And I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll go deeper into that because that's what the, the article I wrote is also related to. But then secondly, um, with a sort of new sales automation type software that has been growing in the past few years, people get, get um, spammed more and more. And it's just harder and harder to get their attention. And yeah, the, 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 the usual sort of more aggressive sales approach starts being very ineffective. So people need to uh, focus more on authenticity and on trying to be helpful and, and, and also a lot of inbound trying to do something with the, uh, create interest and then do something with that interest rather than cold calling or emailing you talked there about the just having to adapt to working online and in your article you outline some of these it brings about pros and cons one of the cons is obviously everyone every salesperson is having to adapt their skills so if a traditional salesperson that's good at offline networking and offline connections and offline selling they're going to have to radically change their style to be that person online. So that's a big challenge to overcome. Yeah. But then the second thing in line, which you said there is that now everyone is selling the same way. So it's not like you have the option now to continue to offline sell, at least right now, as we're speaking to undertake offline selling and online selling, everyone is online. And so that means that prospects are going to be receiving more emails and more messages than ever. So you've got to try and find a way to cut through that noise. I'd maybe like to start off with that, the connection element that you talk about. So there are salespeople out there that they thrive on being able to make face-to-face connections. That's the way in which they sell best because they're able to use their characteristics, use their personality, use their charm, use their emotion to make those one-to-one connections that are so important in the selling process. How are you seeing that replicated online? And have you got any tips, techniques, or just observations from what you've seen about how salespeople are trying to do that? Yeah, but uh, how, do they, how do they try to like use their o- offline selling charm mm. online, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely harder. I mean, we all know that having a, a WhatsApp or a Zoom call with someone is not the same as uh, meeting them in person. There's just a different feel to it. It's like you're, you're first of all, uh, you're sort of, two screens uh, separated from the person. You don't see the whole uh, body language. You only see uh, chest up uh, mostly. So you're, you're missing out on a lot there as well. Uh, but there's also just generally not that feeling of being together in the same place, which, which also sort of makes a difference. 
So it's it's a bit harder to make a connection. But to then make a connection, you can actually make use of the fact that uh, video calls lend themselves to a more informal atmosphere. Like if mm. you would go to someone's office, you go through this very routinous um, thing where you go to the lobby, they pick you up, they offer you a coffee or a water, uh, you walk to the meeting room, you have this little, did you find it uh, well uh, kind of conversation, you know, you sit down, some more pleasantries. You can get all these things uh, in a video call. Uh, you also don't have to wear a suit. I think uh, I've been in, in two calls uh, this year or last year uh, where someone wore a suit and it was awkward. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I've not seen a suit for a year. I've just thought about that. Yeah, I've not seen anyone. So two suit sightings, that's a pretty rare sighting at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It, it was awkward. Someone with a suit in a... I was wondering, like below the suit are they wearing pants or whatever <laughs> so so you you can you can wear a t-shirt uh it's also nice uh, you can all very often have a bit bit more of a, a personal background on uh, on video calls not the the office sort of style thing not super clean but you see a bit more of the personality of people sometimes kids walk in and the nicest is if people then uh, introduce you to their kids that really gives a, a big personal feel to things. Uh, you might hear at some point during the podcast that my dog starts snoring. I will acknowledge that. Uh, it happens. I, you, you said you have a cat over there that sometimes yawns as well. You know, that's all fine. Like in a, in a, in a normal uh, office setting, we probably wouldn't be able to do, um, to imagine that. But during video calls, that's fine. But But maybe... To maximize the personable uh, aspect, a, a few tips. First of all, uh, turn video on. It's, it's very basic, but calling without video is is way uh, less personable. Make a, a bit more time for small talk. The, the bad thing about uh, being in this uh, remote selling sort of setup is, uh, and uh, like in general in this pandemic, is that people don't see a lot of other people. Uh, so they appreciate it, appreciate it even more if you if you're human and if you give some time to creating a connection rather than uh, the business transaction. Let's say, hmm. I would say in between video calls, emails uh, they don't super work. I think chat is a, is is very often a, a much better channel to communicate through. It's it's much more interactive and it makes that you can you can uh, create much stronger bonds. By the way, in between video calls, you can also use video. Like I have customers uh, often. I don't use it myself so much. Sometimes I, I record a little video, but they they record themselves in a conversation rather than sending a video, and and that makes it much more personal as well. And just in general being a, a bit more attentive to people's needs and what they asked last time and all these kind of things, even more than normally, uh, just makes that you can compensate for, for some of the loss of, of, of being personable there. Also, I noticed uh, in myself that when I take a bit more time for every uh, video call and try to enjoy it to the fullest, try to have a connection with people on there, it also it's also good for me because 
otherwise i i i very quickly end up with a zoom burnout let's say mm-hmm. um but when i really focus on the people and the human connection and uh, every call is different kind of uh that really helps for my motivation Mm. we'll go into motivation maybe a bit more in the moment but one i mean there's so much great advice in what you've just shared but one thing that really stands out to me is that when you're working in an office i know this from our marketing agency you know whenever a client or a prospect comes in you have everyone in the agency go around tidy up their desks put all the cups away clean the kitchen you know and that's the right thing to do you want to be presentable but there is something nice about working from home and talking about someone that's in a selling position you need to replicate that authenticity in some way. And so it makes sense to me when you're at home, rather than worrying so much about being polished, about wearing the suit, it makes a lot of sense to me to make a greater connection through video that you would actually embrace your surroundings a bit more. And like you said, maybe take the tone to a slightly more informal level and use those surroundings to actually enable you to be more authentic in calls. And yeah, you're completely right. I have a it's funny you'll say that, not necessarily in sales calls, but I've had podcasts where my cat comes out and meows. I've had team meetings and other meetings with our clients or prospects where my cat comes out. And I really enjoy being able to show that side of my life. And I think it probably helps make that connection with people. So it's funny how different the approach is when you're in the office versus working from home. I think the other thing that stands out to me is if you stop worrying on video calls about being what you know so much in our surroundings when we're working from home that we can't control that must be quite stressful for people that are trying to be too polished whereas i think as a salesperson going to be more relaxed if you're just upfront about where you are what's happening around you and that will probably make you more comfortable for the calls that you're you're participating in does that sound fair based on what you've seen and are saying yeah yeah definitely yeah and as you were talking, you also touched on body language and said you can't see people's body language as you could in the real world. And one phrase that I really loved from your article and one concept was digital body language. So maybe for the listeners of this podcast, could you describe what the concept of digital body language is? Yeah, so so in a conversation, um, a lot of the communication happens uh, through body language. They usually give percentages. I, I don't remember exactly. 60% or something of communication would be through body language. Now, during video calls, you, you lose a lot of that. And in general, you basically uh, don't see people much. But when interactions are largely digital, there's also a lot of things you can track, which is sort of like like people's body language. They don't really communicate with you verbally. They don't tell you anything, but they, they do stuff. And based on that, you can you can sort of see whether they're interested, how they feel about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few things that you can collect there on a, on a very basic level is do people open your emails? When do they? How often do they? When you have links in them, do they click them? Link to that, you can also have website tracking. So people... Open your email a few times, click on a link, check pages on your site. What pages uh, do they check? How long do they look at these pages? Is, is it maybe the pricing page? Because then then they're probably sort of considering uh, uh, buying. You can also track things like documents and proposals. There's software like that for, um, for like Attach.io or uh, DocSend. Tracks 
documents by putting them in the web view. And then if you, if the, if the customer checks the document out online, then you can track what they do. And then uh, it's also good to get notifications of that uh, when it happens, because then it also en enables you to contact people when they're actually thinking about you or what you're offering. So it's, it's, it's a bit easier to time your follow-up. Very often people are only thinking about uh, your product or services in, in very specific timeframes and the rest of the time they're just too busy. So if you see that they're, they're checking out your emails at that moment, your site, it might be a good moment to just uh, give them a call. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Yeah, there's so many great software examples, software recommendations in the article. But do you have any personal favorites in terms of email tracking software or proposal-related software that you like? Uh, we, we offer email tracking and website tracking within Salesforce. So that's that's what I use. Uh, I honestly don't use anything else in that respect. When it comes to proposal software, I don't use a lot of proposal software, but uh, the guys at Better Proposals have something really nice. We integrate with them. They have very beautiful proposal software uh, in the in the sense like you can make actual like proposals as if it's a, a web page in a very easy way, drag and drop. And it also tracks whether people read the proposals. Uh, they you can sign proposals in there, and it sends you notifications about that, and even pay I think if you if you would want that. And what other software were you looking for? Email tracking, which you've mentioned that already happens within Salesforce. So that's what you use. Yeah. Just and essentially the question is any software that you think helps people to understand digital body language. Yeah. Well, I, th I think for a salesperson, at least, uh, those are, are probably the basics. It's the email tracking and the web tracking that we offer in, uh, in Salesforce. And uh, proposal tracking in something like better proposals. What it can also be interesting if you don't make proposals but rather send contracts. Uh, I, I personally use Sign Now for that. There's in terms of 
tracking there, there's probably better solutions, but uh, I, I chose them because of their great Zapier integration, which was the most important thing for me. And as you were talking a moment ago, you were, you were saying how messaging instead of emails is probably on the rise and probably a better way to go to make touch points. So I wanted to break that down a little bit and understand what you use for messaging. When you when you reference messaging, are you talking LinkedIn messaging? Are you talking WhatsApp for business, perhaps, or any other messaging solutions that you're aware of and that you'd recommend our listeners checking out? Yeah, it, it very much depends there, of course, what type of sales you do. If it's B2B sales, uh, probably LinkedIn will be the best option. It's very well accepted as a way to chat with each other in a, a in a business context. Of course, there's a lot of spam going on there. So if you're going to reach out there, make sure it's a, it's authentic and uh, with a lot of empathy rather than the, what you usually get. Uh, but if it's just to connect with 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 your customers, it's really great. Always connect with everyone. Actually, I have this automation set up for us that uh, connects with every single person who starts a sales for a trial, just to offer myself uh, as uh, I, I say, um, hi, uh, first name. Uh, welcome to the Salesforce family. It's nice to have you joining us. Uh, let me know if you have any feedback or questions. Just offering my help, not trying to uh, close any deals there or anything. And it's nice. People appreciate having a, a sort of more close connection to the co-founder of the company uh, rather than just having to go through, uh, through a support email address and all that. They to a large extent, they'll, they'll still do that, and they they when you when you connect with them, they'll they'll still respect the way business is done. There are many people that misuse that, uh, but for B two B sales, I think LinkedIn is really great. Sometimes Facebook Messenger, if you these people are also in Facebook groups. There's a lot of business being done in Facebook groups nowadays, um, and if you're in B two C sales, it's more probably uh, WhatsApp. Like you said, there's WhatsApp for business with which you can uh, set up quick replies and things like that. It's a, it's a bit more fit for business than the normal WhatsApp, but it's, it's almost the same thing. Plus, WhatsApp for business can also be connected to an automation tool if that's something you'd like to do. So on this point, if right now there are more touch points via social channels or via social messaging solutions, does Salesflare currently offer or... Are you planning to offer any integrations with the social messaging solutions? So does that exist within the platform? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of demand for that. The, mm. the sad reality is that all these social media platforms do not like to integrate their messaging solutions. Yeah, particularly um, LinkedIn. Yeah, particularly LinkedIn. And, and that's, that's what's uh, the most asked one, of course. We are, we are looking at solutions there, uh, maybe integrate Salesforce uh, in the browser within LinkedIn, but really picking up everything server side or so is, is, is almost, almost impossible, which is a pity. I mean, even I would like to have um, LinkedIn conversations uh, coming into Salesforce automatically. So if it ever becomes possible, (laughs) we'll certainly immediately make it. (laughs) perfect and another thing that you touched on again as you were talking was motivation and this is referenced in the article as well so 
going back to that theme of salespeople offline, you know, they thrive on making connections and being able to get across their personality face to face. And they also get a lot of motivation from that. It motivates it motivates a lot of salespeople to do that. They're social animals, they're sociable people. And now they're having to adapt online and working in a different way. What are some ways in which you think salespeople can keep themselves motivated and aligned with that, help keep them productive and keep them focused on their goals? Yeah, I think there's a few things. Um, first of all, the, the very basics is uh, having a healthy balance in life. Uh, I think it all starts there with uh, sleeping enough, eating uh, healthy, uh, having enough time for family and um, and doing some exercise, perhaps uh, go for a run or so. Uh, but that's that's really the basics like <laughs> to life you could say when it comes to keeping yourself motivated in sales one part of it is what i mentioned earlier is trying to really get involved trying to really how can i say enjoy every single interaction um re- really try to empathize with the customer it will make everything much more uh, interesting uh, rather than one huge blur and um, and then third I think it's very important to stay motivated based on like people sometimes say the, the journey rather than the destination or the input rather than the output if you're always focusing on that that end goal sort of the sales target you have that year it's very, very hard to stay motivated based on that um, because you, you won't reach it immediately, right? And there's a lot of roadblocks. But if you can measure yourself by the input you're making and you can see that on a consistent basis you're making that input, that is an, is a much, you know, it gives you a much quicker feeling of progress. So for instance, you could count like... Uh, Let's say you want to make 20 calls a day uh, to prospects. You just make the 20 calls, you count those. And then when you've done the, the 20, you can say, I've done it. I mean, mm. uh, I, I am successful. And you, you might not make sales that day, but if you do the 20 calls every day of the year, you'll in the end probably hit your sales call. I mean, I'm just assuming here, but it's just the the, the, the input is going to make you're successful. It's not just thinking about the result. Uh, and that's that's a, a good way to stay motivated as well. I really love the idea of just the concept and reminding us all, particularly salespeople, it's, it's such a, you know, I have so much sympathy for them because everyone is burnt out by Zoom calls, as you've just said. Mm-hmm. And so salespeople has, have it hardest because they've got to try and entertain and engage people who are on zoom calls all day. And so that must be quite challenging to motivate, but I love the idea mm-hmm. as what, as you've said about turning that into a, it's almost like turning that into a bit of a challenge. Your immediate challenge ahead of you as a salesperson is to gauge someone in a zoom call. And so a way to motivate yourself is to just undertake that challenge, see it as a challenge. You know, you're the one that's got to breathe life into the conversation and bring energy to a, to a call. I just think that's a great way to approach that. I wanted to ask you about aligned with this productivity as well so salespeople are sending more emails more messages and 
uh, you reference in the article about the fact that there's so much activity going on. Are there any tools that you're that you can recommend that you like that help with things like calendar bookings, for example? Yeah. Uh, for for calendar bookings, uh, which I think is is the easiest way of uh, of saving yourself some time, I use you can book me. Lots of people use Calendly. It depends a bit what you're looking for. Uh, Calendly is a bit more pretty. Uh, you can book me uh, is about a bit more feature deep. Uh, you can also sort of make it pretty with the the different templates. Uh, it takes away a lot of emails back and forth, like all the emails where you say like. I have some times, uh, do they work for you? And the other person is sure. And it's like, will you confirm at a meeting? Because I'm like, yes, okay. And then, you know, nobody has time for that. Plus it also takes away some friction in the sales process, which is very important because actually all these emails back and forth, any of these emails can be the last email uh, that you exchange with a customer. I mean, at some point they might just be like, oh, I don't feel like responding. And and you basically lost them while they might have been a good lead. Other good tools we use, a bit more uh, all-purpose is Zapier. You mentioned Zapier earlier. There's also Integromat. Integromat is, a bit, is again a bit more feature deep, but quite more difficult to use, I would say. It enables you to connect different software tools. So if you if you have different software tools for different things you do, uh, you can easily make it so that if something happens in the one, then it makes something happen in the other, which then uh, enables a whole process. So for instance, the automation I've set up to connect with, with customers on LinkedIn is an example of that that's done with Zapier. Basically, if there is a new sign-up in our database, then Zapier uh, sends API their first name, last name, and, and um, company name. Then API does a Google search for their LinkedIn profile. And then that LinkedIn profile is, um, is passed on to DuckSoup, and DuckSoup makes the connection. Or another, um, for instance, for signing uh, DPAs, uh, I forgot, data protection agreements, I think, for GDPR. We have this flow set up that if people want it, they uh, just go to a link. There's a type form form. They fill it out. Uh, type form uh, with Zapier pushes it to uh, sign now, which is what we use for uh, signing documents. The document is prepared for them. They get it in their email. They sign it. And done. We've signed the DPA. I don't need to uh, be involved in that process. It just uh, happens automatically. Uh, we have a lot of things set up with Salesforce as well, just pushing data from here to there, making sure that a lot of things we would normally have to do manually in the company uh, happen automatically and everything keeps keeps sort of turning as a machine. So something I would definitely recommend. I'm thinking of other things. Oh, uh, if you have a, if I mentioned a, a meeting scheduler and we mentioned having uh, video calls. I, if you can book me, for instance, set up a Zoom. So every meeting I do immediately has a, a, a specific Zoom link for that meeting in there. Uh, so I don't have to do anything. It's literally people want to talk. I say, here's a link. They pick an hour uh, that works for them. And that works for me as well. It comes in both of our calendars. In there, there's a Zoom link. And just at the moment that the meeting starts, just open the the the, the, the meeting uh, click on the Zoom link, get in, and start the meeting. It's not more complicated than that nowadays. 
I wanted to close out with some product-related questions about Salesflare. And the, the first is that I remember seeing a reference to Salesflare being the number one CRM on Product Hunt. I mentioned I was talking to you before this podcast about Product Hunt and AppSumo and kind of my love for that. I just wanted to know how important your engagement with the Product Hunt community is to the growth of Salesflare. So have you ever spent a lot of time over there? Have you ever collaborated with them in terms of either content or speaking to their users? How is it? How important has it been to your growth? Uh, it has been important to our early growth, I would say. I think the Product Hunt launch was the first moment that we we really achieved some scale with Salesforce. Before that, things went rather slowly, like uh, which was good also. We were doing the very... Um, sort of manual sales. We didn't really have a self-guided process or anything. Once we started having that, we thought about launching a product hunt when we had it all streamlined. And back then, that was 2017. I think product hunt was still a bit more active than today. Like there was a bit more enthusiasm behind it, but it, it, it gives a lot of, uh, a lot of leads. I think it's probably still brings us about 10 trials a week, which is all, only a small percentage of what we have a week. But back then it was a, a, a rather big percentage. And it also, you, you talked about AppSumo. It was only when we had this really successful launch on Product Hunt that the guys at AppSumo uh, said, well, we'll give it a try as well because they, uh, they hadn't had a CRM on their platform for quite a while. They thought it couldn't be successful and uh, we proved them wrong. So... <laughs> That's a great story too. And in closing, my final question for you today is about there are listeners out there, and I know this, that they're going to have existing CRMs and, you know, a lot of people invest in Salesforce and sometimes Salesforce is too much or more than necessary for small and medium businesses, which is where you really flourish. So I was interested to know for companies that have committed, uh, and I remember seeing some content on your site related to sales, I think Salesforce contracts as well. Mm-hmm. But companies out there that have invested in Salesforce, perhaps their subscriptions are coming to an end and they're not too sure whether to renew. The biggest question and the reason a lot of people don't move away is because they're comfortable with what they have because all of their data is in one place. So I wanted to know how easy, if someone was considering going from something like Salesforce to Salesflare, how easy or how difficult is that process? Uh, m- much easier than most people think. Most people are uh, very scared of moving, and actually, it's it's rather easy. You just export your data in a few CSVs. You watch a, a video in which we explain you in five minutes all the details about importing, and then you do that. I think you can do it in half an hour altogether if you've never done it before. And then that that's then just for importing the things like the the accounts and the contacts and the opportunities and all that. Salesforce will also um, pull in a lot of extra information based on the connection with your mailbox and your calendar and all that. So it will start filling out the rest. Even if you didn't have that data in Salesforce, it will get in extra information about contacts based on your email address. We've got some publicly available information, but also uh, email signatures, for instance. It will get information from company databases about the companies you're importing based on their website. It will um, tell you who else you know at companies that you hadn't entered in Salesforce, just also based on your inbox and your calendar. It checks like, hey, 
you've been in touch with these people, had meetings with them. So it's it's rather simple. Yeah. The only thing that I, I would recommend is if your data is rather dirty, don't just move it over. Take a little bit of time to do a spring clean. It will be very helpful. But otherwise, maybe maybe a little plug. Uh, Salesforce is the the number one uh, most easy to implement a CRM according to users on uh, G2.com. Oh, brilliant. That's really interesting to know. And um, yeah, interesting to know that not only is it easy, but that very quickly you can enhance the data that you have with Salesforce capability to enrich some of that data. So I think that's a great message for anyone that's responsible for maintaining a CRM, anyone in a sales position. You know, the, the key message there is if you've invested in Salesforce or a CRM of that that kind of corporate size and you don't necessarily need the features and functionality and maybe there's something more suitable, more streamlined for you, you know, the process doesn't take long. Before I let you go, do you want to let our listeners know where they can connect with you and Salesflare? Yeah. If you if you want to know more about Salesflare, you can just head to the site salesflare.com. Uh, there's all about the software there. You can try it, of course. Anywhere between 7 and 30 days, we give you extra days on the trial as you as you set it up, because we've seen that uh, people who set it up better are also much more successful in the long run. So we, we try to motivate that as much as possible. And if you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can do it on LinkedIn. Uh, just send me a connection request with a personal message. Um, if you don't send a personal message, I have no way of distinguishing you from all the LinkedIn spam I get. But if you if you send me a personal message, I'll, I'll be sure to connect with you and uh, we can have a conversation about uh, whatever you want to talk about. Brilliant. Yurin, thanks so much for your time. Go check out Salesflare. This has been the Internet Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.